0: This is your mind, this is your life, this is your time, this is your life, this is your mind, this is your world, yes. yeah. How long has it been, since you've got to think for yourself, think, think for yourself and how long has it been, since you've had some time for yourself, unwind with yourself, you can do anything, so don't. Hide from yourself. Be kind
1: to yourself it Welcome to the Replenish Me show on YouTube and radio, where we talk to women, like our oh. guest today, um, yeah. to give other women strategies to get from the chaos of wanting to be healthy to the calm of actually doing it. So... Our health coach today. She has many titles and she'll tell you more about that in a minute. But I want to welcome to the show Sarah Wood um, of Sarah Wood Wellness. She's an eating psychologist and so much more. Um, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> I'm excited too. Tell me um, about how you got started and then um, how that translated into the community that you founded.
0: Sure. Um yeah so the whole like being in the health world to me at one time was just being fit so um being physically active and making sure you looked a certain way to feel good about yourself. Um so I didn't know about nutrition, I didn't care. Um I grew up with severe asthma and allergies, so for me like if anyone were to give me a restriction, I wasn't interested cuz I'm like, I'm already like living a life I don't really enjoy. I can't breathe at night. I'm always having to like have an inhaler everywhere I go. Um, I grew up on steroid medication and that had its own effect on me. Um, and so that was kind of my story until I was in my mid twenties, which was like, this is just going to be how it is, because that's what every doctor ever told me, like, you just will have asthma for the rest of your life, because you're born with asthma, you keep asthma, so you need to always be on your um, regimen, which was like a steroid inhaler every day, steroid nose spray, Um, I would go in to get checked up every now and then, just because I had been hospitalized for it, so, yeah, and then, um, what happened was I had my first kid, um, Elizabeth, who is five years old now, she'll be six this year. So it's been about a six year transformation. Um, and it was, it felt like it was no longer a choice. Like I, I was already looking at breastfeeding, um, waking up all the time for her and having to wake up with an asthma attack every night just felt unbearable and so it was the first time that i opened to the idea of alternative solutions because they had been offered i just was not hearing it (laughs) um and so i i welcomed it i went through worked with my breathing practitioner which is um we did buteyko breathing and i cleaned up a lot of what i ate I, i really got serious about figuring out what i was sensitive to i let it go It was wonderful, Um, but what happened, and this is why I actually trans, because I was a school administrator at an alternative school, and had left that temporarily for my kids. What happened, and how I instead decided to go into um, the health field, was I developed a pretty disordered eating behavior. Mm -hmm. And that came from um, a lot of fear and anxiety about food. And because I had discovered, like, this is the solution I found, I can't mess this up. So I got to get it perfect. And I got I to gotta really monitor what I eat. Um, and it got to the point where I was so obsessed with it, I wouldn't eat for an entire day. Or I would eat, like, a handful of almonds. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to me, it was just like, I'm trying to be in control of this thing and my stress levels went up, up, really, really up. I went back to work um, full-time at that school, and that was <laughs> that was adding a whole new level of stress. I had stress in my marriage, um, and then I had my two kids by that time. And so, well, no, I had Elizabeth, and I was pregnant with Abigail. So that was when I was, again, facing like, crap, I'm bringing another kid into the world. Um, this is a problem. Like I'm supposed to be super healthy now. And now my health is declining again. I'm not eating. I'm anxious all the time. Um, And so that's why I, um, I just started looking stuff up and that's how I found the Institute for the psychology of eating. I hooked up with Mark David's work, um, Emily Rosen. And now I, I I work with them, which has been amazing. Um, And yeah, so that's been, of the journey and i went through the certification training did the certification studied eating psychology mind body nutrition and what's happened now is when i work with someone it's been not really the goal hasn't necessarily been let's fix you let's let's get you to that like two and a half pounds you want to (laughs) lose um we use the struggle we have with food or body um or health as a gateway to what else is calling you in life? Because that's what was happening for me. I was, I was living with a lot of stress because I was in a stressful marriage. I was pushing myself to do a job I didn't need to be doing um, and trying to also be the perfect mom and have the perfect diet. So perfect was the problem. Um, so that's, that's where my work transitioned was let's, let's actually find out what's right for your life for you and see that as a solution rather than trying to directly fix it as though you have to be fixed
1: i love that so um your answer to fixing all the stress and problems in your life was i don't have to be perfect yeah <laughs> and that is a stumbling block for women i think in general right mm-hmm we have to be perfect. We have to be the perfect mom. You said everything, right? And we all have that in the back of our mind. Even I have to catch myself sometimes. I have to be the perfect mom. I have to be the perfect wife. I have to be the perfect, you know, whatever else I'm doing. So that's great. Very good realization. So what else I love about that is that was a gateway for you founding the Empowered Queen community, right? Mm -hmm. I love that name. I want to know about that name first before we get into who you work with.
0: Yeah. So for me, that came about while I was training and um, learning from Mark and um, from Emily. And the archetype of the queen and princess was an example he used for helping his clients understand like their life's journey struggle from the princess who is more about requiring to affirmations. She's trying to figure herself out. It's it's what I think of like the teenage years, where it's like, where do I belong? Who am I? What's my purpose? And it can go totally wrong, like because you look for affirmations in all the wrong places, all the wrong relationships, um, by doing things to your body, starving yourself, following people on social media maybe you shouldn't follow, um, and all of that is the princess struggle. But the journey is to queenhood, and queenhood is the place where I, I just have this vision, you know, you're the queen sitting on the throne and her purpose has changed. She doesn't have the capacity to worry about those things anymore. So she's about purpose and service and love and compassion and um, just all the things that really why life was presented to her. Like, here's what you were given. um, Now go use your gifts and do something with them. So for me, that's queenhood. It's also being unapologetic about things that don't require an apology, Um, like apologizing for your body, which is something people actually do. If they take their shirt off at the beach and they don't like what they see, they will actually apologize for other people having to see them. Um, Apologizing for having an opinion that differs from some people. Um, Just different things that where we're taught to be a lot more, or to be nicer and to be a lot more receptive of other people and their expectations. The queenhood in in that vision I had was like, you aren't living someone else's story or someone else's expectations. It's standing on your own two feet or sitting or whatever it is. Not everyone is standing up on their own two feet. And, but just feeling grounded in this is, this is who I am and I'm okay as this person and i'm excited to see where that goes for me and unplug from everyone else or culture that tells me i should be anything else
1: i love that so yeah being unapologetically you not apologizing Mm -hmm. for your purpose and really feeling into that okay Mm -hmm. i like that you know a lot of your posts on social media yeah even on your personal page i really like you you kind of call people out it's like um i can't remember you did one post about um how are you going to i can't even remember now but (laughs) basically you say stuff like about food and how you don't have to you know beat yourself up for you know choosing to to eat something that's wrong or Mm -hmm. things like that and you know dealing with people's opinions so i like that and that has been a little bit of my struggle kind of stepping out there so this week Thinking about you, um, you know, I'm like, well, I wanna be like this, I wanna be at service to women, but I've been struggling with my thighs, right? Talking mm-hmm. about body image. And I was like, well, wait a minute, we all struggle with our thighs. Let's talk about that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, but I did this whole post about my thighs.
0: Oh, and,
1: yeah, you have to see it. It's on my personal page. And so I was basically just saying, you know, I understand my thighs. They mm-hmm. have all the fat cells because that's the womanliness of us. That's where it's supposed to be. That's our beauty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when we struggle with stress, that's our inflammation too.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: okay. You know, just recognize the warning sign that's going on in your body and move forward. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the body image struggles and food struggles that your community deal with?
0: Ooh. Um, yeah, so stomach, it's almost, I would say belly stuff, belly stuff is big, which I think you'd understand because most of my clients are women who've had children and it changes things no matter, even if you have like a smaller frame or a larger frame, your skin changes, um, things just, it feels different and it's, but then, then there's like this pressure, which says, well, you got to get back to your pre-baby body. Like we'll give you this magic formula for doing it. And when instead the narrative in my mind is better off being, let's celebrate your post-baby experience and this transition that you just went through. And that, um, what does that mean going forward? You know, how can you, I guess the question always is, how can you always love yourself no matter what? and say, this is, this is me. Instead of that experience of, I look in the mirror and I don't recognize that person. um, And and I think that's all attached to a story of like, I was only me when I was 20. I'll work with women in their forties who are finally letting go of trying to be in their 18 year old body. Like your 18 year old body was then, but let's travel with it. Like, look at what it's been through. Look at what you've been through. And let's start let's start living in the story now and kind of deciding like, what's life going to be like now? Um, so for me in the group, a lot of it is belly stuff for me. Um, man, the thigh stuff is interesting because that's where I developed, like I have stretch marks on the inside of my thighs and that used, oh man, it used to be uh, <laughs> I would like scratch at them. I would pull like anything down, like no one can see these. And, and then what I'm appreciating is the best thing I did for myself. And it's one thing I, I ask clients to do is to curate your social media a lot more closely. Um, go and look at your Pinterest boards and your Instagram, who you're following, what public figures are you looking at every day? And are they being truthful? Are we looking at someone who took two hours to get their selfie perfected and then to post it on Instagram as though their skin is plastic and there's like not a single like flaw and flaw in quotation marks on them. And, and what is that telling your brain every day versus who else is out there? And when I started doing that, it was, uh, It was, it was like night and day because you look at where I was then, I was looking at all the the people on the perfect diets. I was following all of them, like the extreme paleo crowd, the extreme fruitarian crowd, the extreme, like I was on every extreme and torturing myself. Um, versus when I look at who I'm following now, it's a lot of moderation stuff, people posting their image of themselves unfiltered. Um, I'm looking at advertisers who are not allowing Photoshop to be in their advertisements anymore. Um, And and now just kind of following those stories. And it does, it, it changes things in your brain. It rewires things so that you're able to see a different self because you've changed your story about what, like you said, I loved that. You've defined beauty in a different way because that's all it is. Like beauty is, is personal and it can be defined by the person who is looking at themselves in the mirror.
1: Absolutely. I love that. See me, I'm following you. (laughs) I'm following Mm -hmm. Lee Swanson. (laughs) So, and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's who I follow. And, and I think, um, for me, I never, I was always very careful with my social media because, like you, my oldest child is a girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the things um, that I, I struggled with as far as my self and image confidence and all that, um, I was confused about growing up, right? You talked about teenage years of princess struggle. So that was totally me. And I didn't, I wanted to save her from that. And I ended up with four girls. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> <There's> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> so I am I've always been very careful about that. And and that's the other thing is um, you know, we have to embrace our genetics, right? So mm-hmm. that's like a battle, but something that I've learned how to embrace. Cause I grew up watching my mom's sisters, right? And their battle was with their thighs. And mm-hmm. I always wondered, I was like, wow. That's amazing, but you know when I was a little little girl, like before teenage years, I always thought they were beautiful. I thought you know like the Grecian woman was so voluptuous, and I was like, "Oh wow, when I grow up I'm going to look like that, you know but somehow when I became a teenager, I was like, oh my god, I don't want to look like that." Mm-hmm. And now that I have six kids, well, sometimes I look like that. it's okay. <laughs> you know so um, I love that. Um, you work on the body image a lot now as far as like the struggle, struggle with sugar. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you talk to people about that, how do you, how do you deal with that? Is it okay? Do you say like, you know, you're going to fall off sometimes or because that's, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so I used to teach a sugar course and I actually pulled back on that because it is such an individualized experience in that, um, for me, it was, I had, the opportunity in life where I was in the right place, I had the right why, um, and I have kind of the personality that can be like, okay, take it all away and let's see what happens. And I could handle that until I went too extreme with it. And I didn't have someone guiding me and saying, like, here's a red flag, here's like a behavior that's getting a little bit too extreme, and there's some self abuse happening. Um, so if I had had that guidance during that. And this is where I like to be there with a client, Um, whether we're meeting once a week, whether my clients send me voice messages on Voxer, so they're able to like check in with me at any point and be like, I just need to tell you I'm about to go to an ice cream shop with my mom and um, these thoughts are going through my head. And it's more of, um, I don't think there's any one way for anyone, for some people they, thrive with barely any refined sugar in their life at all. And they're able to do that happily. For some people that feeds a disordered behavior that was already there. Um, especially if someone has an experience with purging or um, with with binging and then purging or re- extreme restriction. So it, it's very much an individualized solution. And what we do is deconstruct the beliefs about the food. So the food remains neutral. And so there's no, it's good or bad. Um, It's whatever it is for where you are in that moment. So I I gave an example to a client the other day. I'm like, if I were to gorge on marshmallows every single day, they're going to be bad for me, like for me, because I'm like consuming them in high quantities. So it's building up if I were to sit on my bed and have one marshmallow that I'm completely enjoying and savoring and like kind of melt on my tongue, whatever, like that actually might be closer to the good in that it was a like nice experience. And then I got the satisfaction and I moved on. So there's a lot of factors that come into play besides the sugar itself. It's where um, we're dissatisfied in life. We'll often seek, seek sugar. So we plan around life satisfaction while looking at the food we never do one without the other Mm -hmm. Um, and also just remembering if you're in a state of chronic stress the way your body receives and digests food is going to be different versus when you're completely content and relaxed so it's it's never just this or that it's what's going on for you why is this something you're drawn to and that's where we map out the solution
1: i like that because a lot of people they will come to me and say, okay, so do I need to just cut out sugar? And I like what you just said, depending on where, if you're dealing with a lot of stress, it doesn't really matter what you're eating, mm-hmm. right? Because your body is not going to get the benefit of that food, good or bad. Mm-hmm. If, if you're, um, but if you're eating sugar, you know, obviously not a good choice, but it is what it is. So getting to, you know, deconstructing what's going on is really where that's at. So Wow. I like that. That's powerful. Um, what is another challenge that, that people deal with?
0: Um, so where the work has really evolved, um, has been interesting and this was a natural thing. It wasn't like I need to rebrand myself. Um, it just kept happening in every session over and over is, The real thing that's going on for most women who are concentrating or being told to concentrate on body, on perfection, on getting things right all the time, is really understanding um, and increasing self-awareness. So we have an entire course around that through the Desire Mastermind, which is like giving women permission to ask themselves, what is it that I really want? Um, and one thing kind of like a inside little thing that we were taught as coaches is to ask ourselves when talking to clients is what, what is life calling my client to do? Where is life calling my client? Like that's a question going through my head when I'm hearing about something they struggled with or something they're going through with food and body or relationship or money, um, because all of it comes back. So the, the real, I think like the big struggle that women are are really confronting really more loudly than ever before is what do I want? Which it shouldn't be such a controversial question, but it requires going through and like working through the shame of even asking that if you're a mom, um, if you know, like you've been on the track that your parents wanted you to be on toward the career they wanted, um, in relationship, if you're finding like wow, this relationship was for all the wrong reasons and we're really not a good fit for each other. Um, and being able to find who you are and your voice in that um, is a lot more controversial than it should be. But when, when you watch people get there or when you get there yourself, it's, it's amazing. So that's kind of, I'd say been like the main focus this year, especially since we've been doing the Desire Mastermind all year long.
1: I like that. So yeah, that's very true. We we are um, still in the 21st century trying to, you know, justify women actually doing what they want and being who they want to be and not getting into the status quo. Don't know why that is, but. <laughs> and You're working on it. <laughs> right, We're working on it. Work in progress. So, you know, I'm seeing like you yourself have gone through a lot of transformation in the past year or so. And I don't know if you wanna share with our listeners and viewers about how that, how you think that may have affected your uh, original rebranding.
0: Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was in a marriage with um, someone, we were just not good for each other. Um, and But it was, it was like six years of trying to make it good so it's like how can we force this instead of reconciling that we both met at a time in our life where um we were really a lot more insecure um a lot less self-aware and and so it was quite obvious within like the first couple years but i had a lot of those stories which was um Who am I to, you know, assume that it can be different? Like I'm, I had literally said I'm stuck to my mom on the phone because we had a kid together. um, We had two children together and um, the way that happened was, was not, is a whole different story, but the, um, the whole journey to really discovering like, a lot of a lot of the pain that i was going through and suffering silently with um it was a lot of it's funny i was talking to a client like there's a lot of crying on the bathroom floor and i was reading different books of other women who've gone through these life transformations and they all cried on the bathroom floor there's something about the bathroom floor and crying it's like where you go to cry and so there was a lot of that there was a lot of um just a lot of like tension, you know. Um, when this person would walk in the room, my whole body would become tense and closed off. I had to curate things that I said. Just be very careful with my words. And I did a lot of like, what's wrong with me? Um, <laughs> so I went to counseling to see what's wrong with me. Why am I not happy? I should be grateful for what life gave me. Um, why am I not grateful enough? And it was a lot of that. Like, why am I so selfish? And and Just things that were really in that story of, and then hearing it from people, you know, from family members who were just like, you have the perfect life. You should really just accept it and figure out why you're not accepting it. Um, So I went to the counselor and there was a lot of stuff like sexually very, very painful Um, My sexual like drive had gone way, way down. I just had no interest. I didn't want to be touched. I cringed, my whole body would lock up and to the point where sex was very painful. And I didn't understand how much of a health issue that is for a woman. And, and I just, again, was like, what's wrong with me? I would go get pelvic floor exams. They're like, your pelvic floor is healthy. Are you sure there's not more going on here? Um, I, would, I went to a holistic doctor who did like an internal um, massage. I don't know if you've ever had one. It's pretty bizarre. But she was like, yes, there's a lot of tension, but it's not because you have pelvic floor um, prolapse or anything like that there's something else going on. And what was going on was it's just my life was so tense. I was clenching all the time. Um, and I was really not living truthfully in in that part of my life, in relationship and in sexuality. And so that was a process of a lot of conversations, a lot of um, pep talking from really great mentors, a lot of going through and, and talking to myself, just like, where did that story come from that you're selfish because something doesn't work for you? Like, what is that about? Why, why is it that we're taught we have to just be grateful for everything we were given instead of questioning whether it's a good fit. Um, And that goes into the thing of like where we're afraid to say no to things where we feel guilty for saying no Um, consent became a big topic for me because I wasn't fully consenting to things, but I wasn't fully also like, saying a big, like loud, full body no to it because I felt guilty for not fully consenting to it. Like I should because I am the wife and it's my obligation. Um, So just for me, it's a, it's story. So this last year has been a lot of looking at the stories I've learned and learning what is the story that I'm actually writing versus when am I letting someone else's narrative to come in and you still have to catch that all the time. Like when you're finding yourself in a state of stress. And I sat down, my, one of my mentors right now is Lena West. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen her online, she's really great. But we sat down for like 90 minutes and went through. And what one thing came out of that talk was my, my red flag is um, resentment. So some people, it's anger, some people, it's frustration. If I'm starting to feel resentment building up, especially kind of in my center, that's a good sign that I might be putting myself out of alignment with what's right for me. I'm saying yes to things too much that maybe aren't a good fit. Um, I'm saying no to things that I totally wanted to do, but felt guilty about saying yes to them. And so that's kind of what I've learned is just, it's not, uh, it wasn't a matter of fixing my sex drive. I didn't need a pill. I didn't need a counselor to give me a magic formula Um, what I needed were those mentors and those guides and myself and to really go through and take a holistic whole life approach to this. There's never just one reason for why there's a pain point in your life. There's always a like whole life point of view to take in. And that's what I've learned to do in the last year. That's kind of, why I feel like everyone's like, you're looking so happy or whatever, like your hair is so different. Um, you seem so happy and it's very true. So when I hear that, when I hear someone give a compliment, that's like, wow, like your energy is this yeah. like, yes. Okay. Like I'm showing up the way I want to versus when it's very much focused on like complimenting the things I'm doing or, um, very much about appearance. I, I appreciate them, but I don't um, resonate with those compliments as much as I do when someone can really comment to like, wow, like when you were here, it felt really good. It felt like you were in a good place. And I think that we can pick that up from each other pretty well.
1: That is like the best compliment. When yeah. you we're here, it
0: felt really good. Wow. You mm. can
1: like that yes
0: I have pretty rad friends (laughs) and that's in the last year too like I would say I've let go of some people and they've let go of me because they don't agree with me and I had said something in a post the other day which was I am okay with being rejected for the right reasons
1: oh yeah
0: that was and that is hard for me because I actually hate being rejected and I um I hate confrontation except I have to do it a lot. And that's another thing Lena had talked to me about was like, that is one of your challenges here. And the more you do it truthfully and honestly, the less you'll find you'll have to do it. Cause those people who challenge you in those ways will stop showing up as much. And, and I have found that and last, last night, um, I had something go on back home and I really, really needed someone to go check on something for me. And like, do I have a friend who can do that? And I realized like, I do like it's nighttime and she'll totally like no questions asked, um, do that for me because that's the relationship. And it's, it's a really like awesome way to, to realize like, because I've become more of me, I've also connected more to others. And it's, Beautiful, loving, compassionate connection versus acquaintances or networking um, and having a huge friends list, friend list, but not knowing if someone would show up for you in the middle of the night out of those like two thousand people on your friend list. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's the big thing that's come out for me this year. Is is connection. It's amazing how connected you become when you start to take this new viewpoint on everything
1: and reconnect with yourself. Yes. Yeah. For me looking at you like I met you through Perryton K and I was watching your your lives the transition like I could see when you were going through your most pain and mm-hmm. I always wondered what is happening like your eyes were just like vacant mm-hmm. your skin mm-hmm. I don't know ghostly. Now you're like just like really glowing and you know you look full i know you're skinny but you know what i mean you look full <laughs> <laughs> and everything your eyes are like you know, dang, uh, you know like little girl you know so it's i i see a big big change in you and um, thank you <laughs> i'm happy to see you happy that's what it's mm-hmm. all about and i'm sure you're serving your community it seems like from the things the changes you've made with a desire mastermind you're serving mm-hmm. your a lot more. So with that, are there any other things that you have coming up? You still have openings in your desire mastermind or?
0: Yeah. So what we're doing right now, we're in the middle of a live class um, and we will be done in about a month. So we actually, we do probably about four times a year. We reopen for live, but it's always open for um, going through the, the actual lessons themselves what um, we're doing though, coming up for 2018, so this would be a great time to just, um, there's a free class on my site if anyone goes to empoweredqueen.com just to kind of get a taste for what it's like and if, see if they even like me. If they still like me after this interview, then that's great. Um, <laughs> the um, 2018, we're going to do it in a thematic way um, because I find that comes up a lot. So one round we're really gonna focus on people who want to focus in on relationships that they're having. Um we're going to do a money focus, we're going to do a um body love focus, just for anyone who's like, this is my life area that I'm really trying to find what's going on here and what do I really want. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plan for next year. So I would just say the best place to go is the website. And then there's the free group, um, the empowered women group and that um, the path to getting there is through empoweredqueen.com as well.
1: Okay, great. I'll put that um, link below this video and the, the radio. So for the radio stream, it'll probably be the end of November, but the YouTube will go up next week. Cool. So, yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. So what are the three takeaways you would like our viewers and listeners to get from our conversation today?
0: um number one i'd say my biggest thing that i really love to see spread is the um letting go of the fixing mentality when there's an issue um when you're feeling kind of like your example with the thighs like take feedback from your body receive feedback um be curious about it and don't jump to fixing like i tried to find you know what's wrong with me so i'm going to go to all these places versus where did this come from in the first place? So being curious about your pain um, often leads to the solution that you didn't expect. Mm. And yeah, love your belly. Seriously. Like bellies are amazing. Um, I have a thing for stomachs and my partner totally makes fun of me, but I do like they're super comforting. I like to like cuddle on a stomach. I like to hug Um, and they're all beautiful. They're all amazing. Like, my mom has this like beautiful, soft, larger belly. And my daughters just love to climb on it and lay on it. And they rub her belly. I'm just like, that is what body love is. It's it's a connecting through this place that people have created mean stories about. And now it's being shown all this unconditional love from two kids who don't give a, like, they don't care (laughs) what your stomach looks like. Um, and number three, um, yeah, I would just say, give yourself permission, ask for what you want, you know, ask yourself all the time, what do I want? Is this right for me? And give yourself permission to say no or to say yes.
1: I love it. And just at this point, my three-year-old is like,
0: mom, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I figured, yes, I totally get it. Yeah.
1: So that's lovely. I I want to, um, you know, thank you for your time. and. I really like the fact cuz you know I work with moms and so the the belly thing is a big issue for women mm-hmm. um that is not my area of struggle mine is definitely my thighs <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's a very good point um to yes and I remember I'm going to just throw this in here I remember seeing um have you seen it this there was a bunch of women I think it was like January or February and they Actually, there was a photo shoot where women of different ages who have had children and mm,
0: yeah, yeah, right, yeah, the,
1: the nude photos and yeah. some had stretch marks, some had big bellies, and they were smiling and happy about it. You know, they were very, mm-hmm. you know, but that, that's to your point about um, just embracing the journey of mm-hmm. our bodies as mothers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that.
1: So, thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank and you,
1: listeners and viewers, um, follow Sarah Wood at empowerqueen.com and have an amazing day. think How
0: long it been? You've had some time to yourself. Unwind with yourself. You can do anything. So don't you hide from yourself. Be kind to yourself. Intelligent, amazing. Don't
1: just break free from the hill.